This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Alright, good afternoon. Uh, Jesus Christ is the person at the centre of Christianity. So if you want to understand real Christianity, then you have to understand Jesus Christ. And uh, the real Jesus Christ uh, isn't um, the the Jesus of, of, of church tradition. We have to look at our sources carefully, we have to see what they actually tell us about Jesus, not just what... Uh, we think from traditional ideas uh, Jesus is actually like. So, um, first thing is that there are quite a few ancient writers who mention uh, Jesus. It's not just something you get in the Die Bible. We've got Roman historians like Tacitus and Suetonius who uh, mention Jesus in passing. We've also got uh, some letters from Pliny the Younger who mention Jesus. And we've got Jewish sources. There's a Jewish historian called Josephus. Even the Talmud all mentioned Jesus, and then the second century figures like Celsus who derived their information from Jewish sources. And finally, there are Christian writers outside the Bible, people like Clement of Rome, Ignatius of Antioch, and Polycarp, who uh, knew the, the disciples, they were alive at the same time as the apostles were elderly people, these were young men, and they've written a bit as well. So we have some idea of Jesus, even from outside the Bible. That's um, a a quotation from Tacitus. He's writing about the fire of Rome and the persecution of Christians that followed it. And he thinks that as they were persecuting Christians, you ought to explain who Christians are. So he says, uh, Christus, the founder of of the name, what name is Christian he's talking about, had undergone the death penalty in the reign of Tiberius by the sentence of the procurator Pontius Pilate. So... uh, nothing to do with the Bible, he's got the title of Pontius Pilate incorrect, it should be prefect, not a procurator, but nevertheless, the Bible gets it right, but nevertheless, uh, he's got the general idea. Um, That's a Jewish source from the Talmud, from uh, one of the Bariot. Uh, It says, they hanged Jesus of Nazareth on the evening of the Passover, uh, and they then send, they they, they announce his death, saying Jesus is to be stoned, because he practiced sorcery and seduced Israel and led them away from God. Okay, they didn't agree with him, so they didn't write it nicely, but what does he mean? Well, eve of the Passover, the day before the Passover, we know that's correct. It says they hanged him. That's the Jewish way of talking about a crucifixion. It's not the long drop hanging that we think of as hanging. That that wasn't invented until the, the sort of late 17th century. So uh, we're talking about something slightly different here crucifixion uh, why did they do it well he, because he practiced social in other words he did things that you couldn't explain by ordinary uh, physical uh, behaviour he did, he did miracles in other words and uh, he seduced Israel and led them away from God in other words he taught uh, with teaching that the, the later Jews didn't agree with so again we've got a picture of Jesus we've got a teacher and a healer we've got him well there's a list of things that we know about Jesus we know he lived in Judea we know that he was there in the reign of the emperor Tiberius we know that he, he, was, he was put to death by crucifixion 
Uh, he performed miracles. He was teaching opposed the religious authority of his days. We know the name of the governor at the time. And we know that his uh, followers proclaimed that he had been raised from the dead. Uh, so far, so good. But that's only a few basic facts. If you want to know more than that, then you have to turn to the Bible because that's the only uh, source you could authenticate about it. Mainly, you talk about the New Testament. Um, some of the things that Jesus did were predicted in the Old Testament, but the New Testament's the place to go. And that was written by people who were close to Jesus during his work or who were associates of those who worked with Jesus. Some of them... Um, People like Matthew and John were actually with Jesus. Mark was the companion of Peter who was with Jesus and so on. Luke had time in Jerusalem. So let's have a look at uh, Judea at the time of Jesus. Um, I want to start off by looking at at, uh, a description of Jesus given to a Roman centurion by the name of Cornelius. Uh, Cornelius was an officer in the Roman auxiliary cohort known as the Italian cohort that's known from uh, archaeological evidence having been in Caesarea Um, and uh, he's taken an interest in God he made a study of the Old Testament so if we go to Acts chapter 10 and verse 1 tells us who Cornelius was it says um at Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. Um, it says he was a devout man, who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. So we've got someone who's taking an interest in God and he's in Caesarea. There's Caesarea up there. That was the capital of Roman uh, Judea. The, the way that it worked was the Romans at this time had that bit there. Uh, for some reason the colours haven't quite come out the same as they are on my slide. <coughs> so that's green and that's yellow. For some reason they both come out sort of muddy. Um, so this is the Roman bit, the green bit here. And uh, that was the capital of it, effectively with Caesarea, not Jerusalem. <coughs> Although the Jews, of course, were centred on Jerusalem and uh, they ruled that area and Cornelius is in the headquarters and he's uh, a fairly senior officer equivalent to a major in a modern army and uh, well let's see what they they told about him Uh, Peter comes to Cornelius having been sent for and starts to teach him in verse 37 Um, so Acts 10 verse 37 38 says you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him so um, it's a picture and notice by the way that um Cornelius already knows what's happening in Judea. He says, you yourself know this. Um, <coughs> that word I say he know, uh, he knows already. That's because here he is in Caesarea. He's going to be getting intelligence co- uh, reports from what's going on in the territory of the Romans' control. He'd have been getting those a little bit earlier on when Jesus was there. He'd have known 
what sort of things was happening, but he only knows what's happening in Judea, doesn't know what Jesus was doing in Galilee, um, because that's outside. He might have had some whisper, but it wouldn't be the same. Um, so, uh, there we are, that's the time of Jesus. Uh, Peter's in Caesarea. Sorry, Peter was in Joppa, he's gone to Caesarea to tell Cornelius. That's Judea. Uh, um, so we, we, we can see it agrees, first of all, with what we've already heard from external sources. Um, but there's rather more. Verse 39. Um, it says, uh, we were witnesses. How do we know what's going on? We were witnesses to... Uh, all that he, that Jesus did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. So, um, he, that Peter, that is, and all the apostles and evangelists are witnesses of what Jesus did. And we have a, a, a picture of a set of statements that are being given by eyewitnesses so so a little look around at the, it's a major theme throughout the New Testament keep your finger in, in Acts 10 but if we go to uh, to Peter chapter 1 and verse 16 Says, we haven't followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honour and glory when there came to him such a voice as from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. So Peter is, is saying, um, I'm a witness. I saw these things. I heard the voice of God when it spoke about Jesus. I'm not talking about something that, that everyone knows that I've just written down after a long period. I'm talking about things that I've seen myself. That's what Peter's saying. This is the same Peter, of course. He's talking to Cornelius back here uh, in Acts. Um, just go uh, on a little bit further for another example. This is 1 John, and chapter 1 and verse 1. And probably this is a letter that went out with the Gospel of John at the same time. And it says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show to you that that eternal life which was with the Father was manifest unto us. Verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. <coughs> absolute emphasis, this is what we have seen, says John. And when he's talking about his gospel, he's talking about things that he saw himself, very clear. Back, back to Acts chapter 10. Um, verse 39 
Uh, again, he says, we are witnesses of all he did, both in this country, the Jews in, the, in the, the Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day, made him to appear not to all the people, but to us who'd been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Again, this em- emphasis on the witnesses who didn't just see Jesus, but ate with him. They could see what had happened. And we have evidence, we have the evidence uh, that the tomb of Jesus was empty. A substantial number of people met Jesus alive after his resignation, which included the, the apostles, but in truth, uh, there's a, a total of more than 500 people who saw Jesus uh, risen. So, uh, let's, let's see what we know of the life and person of Jesus. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. And verse 1. We start off with the birth of Jesus. (coughs) And it says, uh, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. So, uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is uh, small. Let's just put the the picture up uh, Herod the Great Herod the King he's called in the New Testament was the sort of founder of the Herod dynasty went on for four generations uh, of kings who ruled in this area and uh, Herod also ruled from Caesarea but also from Ju- Jerusalem sometimes where's Herod Jerusalem I think there we are and there's Bethlehem just south of Jerusalem <coughs> about eight kilometres south that's five miles in old money. Um, in, uh, and Herod uh, died in either 4 BC or 1 BC. Everyone was very keen on 4 BC. They date it by an eclipse of the moon, but there's a perfectly good set of eclipses of the moon in 1 BC. And uh, some people are beginning to say maybe Herod died in 1 BC, not in 4 BC. Either way, the birth of Jesus is actually 4 or 5 BC, and it's more than 2,000 years ago now. So it's not that inaccurate in you know, four years in 2000. isn't too bad. Um, but uh, Herod ruled over a stan- substantial kingdom, which at the time was outside the Roman Empire, but right next to it. And he depended on the Romans to keep him in power, effectively. Um, and sometime after Jesus' birth, wise men appeared from the east to see the child who'd one day be great, and they inadvertently gave away the town where Jesus was born and Herod sent his men to kill all the children in that town. Jesus and his family had moved away by that time for a while. They were refugees in Egypt and uh, they returned when the king died. Now that's a very much simplified uh, family tree of Herod the Great. Family Herod the Great had the problem of marrying lots of wives. He married 13 of them, although not that many at any given moment. Uh, and they all then uh, they divorced them and remarried other people. They all had children who then married their cousins. And I've reached the conclusion that you need more than three spatial dimensions to draw out the family tree of Herod the Great in complete in total. It can't be done very easily. But this is a simplified version. So there's a different wives, some of them. Um, the ones in in red became kings in their own right. So Herod the Great was the king of the lot 
And he, he, when he died, his kingdom was divided into three sections who were given to three different uh, Herods. And they were given the rank of Tetrarch, which is a sort of minimal kind of king. And you find them, the Herod, the Antipas, the one that was Herod on the throne at the time of Jesus' crucifixion, is known as Herod the Tetrarch, not to be confused with Herod the King, who is Herod the Great. Um, and uh, Archelaus, uh, Herod the Great, was a bad king. Uh, Augustus said he would rather be one of Herod the Great's pigs than one of the Herod the Great's sons reason being Herod the Great was Jewish he didn't eat pork so his pigs stayed alive but his sons didn't uh, he tended to kill them off but uh, those three had survived in fact four of them more than that had survived and uh, Archelaus was, was a chip off the old block he was even worse than uh, Herod the Great and in 6 AD he was deposed by the Romans and they took over the uh, the area which was of Judea that had been ruled by Archelaus. Uh, so um, there we go. That's a map of it all. So what was Herod the Great's territory? Let's go back to there. Divides up into three kingdoms. This bit's Herod Antipas, along with the bit down there. This bit here is now under Roman rule. Was Archelaus, but it's uh, become. Uh, They've been taken over by the Romans, and Philip has the bits from Bethsaida northwards uh, and over to the east. So it's a bit of a, a, a patchwork, but that's what the, the area was like when, when Jesus was, uh, was teaching. Um, so, Matthew 2 and verse 21. They got to Israel, they got to Egypt, he's uh, having had a, a dream and Joseph rose and took the child Jesus and his mother and went to the land of Israel. Verse 22, but when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in his place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled that he would be called a Nazarene. Um, Netzer, Hebrew word means branch. So all these prophecies talk about a branch. Jesus is the branch of the tree of David. The word is Netzer. It's the same word. Nazareth is branch town, or the branches, or something like that. Nazareth, Netzerot. Um, the branches. And Jesus is called Jesus of Nazareth. He's also That means he's called Jesus the branch. That's where the prophecies come in from the, the Old Testament. Um, anyway, uh, they've gone to live in, that, in Nazareth. It's just over the border in the, the territory. There's, there's Nazareth. It's just over the border and from, from uh, uh, Archelaus's country. It's also got the advantage of being where Mary came from. So when, when the Annunciation goes on, Mary's in Nazareth. Uh, that's where she seems to have lived. So... Um, that's where Jesus uh, was, was brought up. Um, let's, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. 
and verse 55. What's happened here is that Jesus and his disciples are visiting Nazareth where uh, Jesus was, uh, was, was brought up on one of his tours of, of Galilee and let's just read it the, the the people say is not this the carpenter's son is not his mother called mary are not his brothers james and joseph and simon and judas and are not all his sisters with us whence did this man get all these things and we've got a list of the four half brothers that share the same mother as jesus um James, Joseph, Simon and Judas and it says all his sisters so there's probably at least three of them you don't say all his sisters if there's only two I don't say all my granddaughters it feels like there's more than two of them but there only are two um, <coughs> so there's probably at least at least three sisters as well as the uh, the four brothers seem to have been a hard work mother um, James and, and, and Judas, of course, are known to us. James wrote the letter of James. Judas writes the letter of Jude. Um, so later on, they this time they don't believe in him. Uh, it says, when they uh, took offense at him, Jesus said to him, prophet is not without honor. Verse 57, the prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown and in his own household. So even his own household didn't believe in him at that time but later on uh, they did um, now the birth of Jesus was unusual back to Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. So Jesus' birth was the result of a miracle. There was no human father involved. <clears throat> Mary became pregnant because the power of God acted on her. Uh, and before she became pregnant a angel was sent to tell her what was going to happen. And there's an account of that in Luke chapter 1 so Luke chapter 1 and verse 30 Luke chapter 1 verse 30 this is the angel that's come to warn Mary um the angel said to her don't be afraid Mary you found favor with God and behold you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son you shall call his name Jesus he'll be called great and will be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end <coughs> so he's making a very special promise about Jesus so the angel tells us what the name of the child that has to be Jesus it means saviour or God saves verse 30 that's, uh, <coughs> verse 32 is to be known as the son of God verse 33 he's to rule forever in an endless kingdom 
Now Mary is quite naturally taken aback by this and she asked the, 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 the angel for further information. So we carry on still in Luke 1 verse 34. Um, Mary asked, says to the angel, how will this be seeing I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So the angel is very clear. There's going to be no human father. Uh, and... Um, where are we uh, there's going to be no human father and he's going to be called the son of God for that reason just because he has no human father his only father is God so he's being described as the son of God and therefore he'll be called sorry he's be, he has no human father therefore he'll be called the son of God but the passage is also quite clear that Jesus is not God verse 32 just go back there he says he will be great and will be called the son of uh, God son of the most high of the highest most high and then and then it says he will, the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David so um, the Lord God will give him if God has to give something to Jesus then Jesus can't be God. So he's the Son of God, but he's not God. Um, and this, pic, this idea of, of Jesus, the Son of God, but not God himself, is a consistent picture from the apostles and, and throughout the Bible. So remember we're in, in, in Acts chapter 10. There it is, up on the, on the board, also on the, on the screen. Um, it says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. So if God anoints Jesus, then Jesus is not God, or he'd be anointing himself. It says God was with him. It's these little tiny details that we tend to miss out, tend to read it over without noticing. But if God is with him, then he's not God, otherwise God will be with himself a strange thing to say um, God he died which God doesn't do and then God raised him from the dead and God did something to him and there we are in verse 42 God appoints him as judge Again, not something that you would say if you were talking about yourself so four passages just in that short bit which are telling us that Jesus is not God and that's a picture that appears over and over again throughout the Bible. Everywhere we look, there are, are small details that show that Jesus isn't God. Just just look, for example, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and chapter 1. Again, it's sort of thing that you can read over and not notice. Um, just a few details. So, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, it says, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Notice there's a distinction. He's an apostle of Jesus Christ, but God's mentioned separately. It's by the will of God. Right? It's a bit more uh, 
pointed in verse 2 he says grace be to you and peace from God our Father it's identifying God as the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ two separate reference one's called God the Father the other one Jesus is not it's called Lord it just means an important person verse 3 blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ so Jesus Christ actually has not only a father but a God same person the father of Jesus is the God of Jesus so if Jesus has a God he can't be the supreme being he can't be God and that point's picked up again in verse 17 uh, further down <coughs> the, the chapter it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him so there's this distinction between Jesus and God which is made very clearly in the, the New Testament um, example 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 another example just showing you that I, I've got 157 of these I'm not going to go on with them this is the last one we're looking at of this particular category uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 so there are a lot of these little passages which most people will read through without really noticing but this is fairly pointed it says there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Fairly clear who is who Jesus is. He's not God, but he stands between God and man as uh, a mediator. But that's a reason for making a distinction between Jesus and God. Another point, Jesus has a God. Um, a couple of passages that tell us that. We've already read the God and Father of Oh Lord Jesus Christ that appears multiple times in the letters Matthew 27 verse 46 Matthew 27 46 about the ninth hour it's on the cross about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying Eli Eli lama sabachthani that is my God my God why have you forsaken me um, the words on the, of Jesus on the cross are my God my God it's quite clear Jesus has a God he is praying to his God uh, he has a God so he cannot himself be God um, okay. occasionally people say well that's before he was crucified he wasn't properly God uh, before he rose raised from the dead well look in John chapter 20 and verse 17 John 20 and verse 17 this is after the death the resurrection Jesus is seen by Mary Magdalene and in verse 17 we get John 20, 20 verse 17 Jesus said to Mary do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father but go to my brothers and say to them I am ascending to my father and your father to my God and your God and again 
after the resurrection still Jesus still has a God and he is going to go to his God uh, so Jesus has a God therefore he is not God and just just for good measure let's look in the Revelation chapter 3 and verse 12 And here we've got Jesus speaking to John quite a long time after the resurrection. Uh, John 3 verse 12. He says, The one who conquers I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name in that verse he refers to God as his God four times that's Revelation chapter 3 verse 12 um, it's absolutely clear Jesus has a God so if Jesus has a God then clearly he is not God uh, God doesn't have a God <coughs> and uh, third reason Jesus died but God is immortal 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17 1 verse 17 and he says there Paul writes Timothy to the king of the ages immortal invisible the only God be honor and glory forever and ever amen so uh, Jesus died but God is immortal um, and the central fact of Christianity is that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead if you can't believe that then you can't be a Christian uh, if you believe that Jesus is God you can't believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead it's a bit of a problem really um, notice also by the way that he talks about God being invisible you can't see God and lots of people saw Jesus seen by whole crowds of people at once uh, Romans 10 by the way at verse 9 I, I, I forget the aside well don't forget it but it wasn't aside Romans 10 and verse 9 this thing about re believing that Jesus was raised from the dead by God it says Romans 10 verse 9 if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved so you have to understand the idea that God raised Jesus from the dead. It means he was dead, he was raised from the dead, and the person who raised him to life was God. No room for believing Jesus was God in that. And God makes it a condition of salvation that we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And there are lots of other reasons for believing Jesus is not God. There's some more. God can't be seen. I just touched on that one. Uh, there were things that Jesus didn't know whereas God knows everything uh, God is greater than Jesus it's stated explicitly Jesus was tempted to sin but God can't be tempted I'm not going to go over those there are some passages there but <coughs> it's a very clear statement that Jesus is not God so it's a conclusion that's as clear as it is obvious so having said that, the Bible also tells us that Jesus 
reveals God. And there is a passage that says it very clearly. No one has ever seen God. The only Son who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Quoted that from the RSV. A lot of modern versions tend to mess it up slightly. <coughs> uh, anything before translated before 1975, you'll find that, or an equivalent. Uh, after that, people started to add the words God instead of Son. Because some uh, keen evangelicals in the 1970s remember that a small number of Egyptian manuscripts contain the word God rather than Son there. And uh, before that, no reputable textual scholar entertained the idea that the word actually involved was God, but afterwards it got into modern uh, translations. But the point is that, that while Jesus is not God, by listening to Jesus, by seeing what Jesus does, uh, and and did of course and, and by seeing the sort of attitude of mind that, that's in Jesus we can know what God is like um, Hebrews chapter 1 and uh, verses 1 to 4 it says Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. So, um, Jesus is described there as the exact imprint of his nature, the radiance, verse 3, of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And that's to do with the way they made coins, uh, the exact imprint, it's got this, this, this Greek word character, which has nothing to do with the English word character. It just means a stamp or a, um, a, a jig, a way of making something. So you made a coin, you've got your bit of metal, you put it down, you've got a stamp with the, the head of the emperor and some writing, and you stuck it on top of the coin, and you've got a hammer, and went bang! And then that stamped the, uh, the head of the emperor on the coin. And the important thing about it is that they were all the same. Not thing, many things were the same in... Uh, in ancient times, in Roman times, if you wrote a book, you did it by hand. The handwriting would be different from the handwriting of the person who made the exemplar that you made the copy from. You might have a different width of, of paper. You might have a book that looked quite different. You might have a few misspellings and things in it. <coughs> Not like nowadays, the printing press. Everything was made by hand. Everything was different, except coins. And the coins were exactly identical to one another, having been made by this, this process. And that's the point. You've got the exact image. And Jesus, it says, is the exact image of God. Um, and, uh, well, if I, if I get a coin, I've probably got a few of these left. In spite of the modern tendency to use, um, I have to be a 10p. Uh, you, you can plastic everywhere these days uh, so there you've got a, 
uh, a coin. On it there's uh, the image of Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Um, and uh, it's an image. It's not the Queen. It's the image of the Queen. Right? Jesus is the image of God. This is the image of the Queen. I, I have it on good authority that the Queen is not coming here today. But if the Queen did come here today and I held up the picture, almost all of us would spot within a few hours that which was the Queen and which was the coin. Right? The, the, the Queen and the coin are quite different. The Queen's made out of whatever people made out of flesh and bones and blood and all the other stuff. The coin's made out of metal. But the image is the same. By looking at the coin, you can see what the Queen was like, in this case, some years ago. It's quite an old coin. Uh, it happens. Um, it's a chap I came across who, who lives in Dunsop Bridge. Uh, and uh, the Queen sometimes goes and stays in, in Boland. There's a secret house. I don't know which one it is, but somewhere in Boland there's a house the Queen goes when she wants to get away from the crowds. And uh, he walked into the post office in, uh, in Dunsett Bridge and there was a woman there with a headscarf buying something or other at the counter. And uh, he looked at her and thought, I recognise her. I said, I sure know who she is. I can't remember her name. And so he said, what are you doing these days as a way of getting to, uh, to know who it was? And she said, oh, it's still raining. And uh, <laughs> went off and got a Land Rover and drove away. Uh, and the point is he'd recognised her from the stamps and the coins but not quite well enough to realise exactly who it was. She didn't look quite like it because you've got to be told her. Um, and uh, it's the same with the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. Look at Jesus, you can see what God is like. And the Bible and several places in the New Testament refer to Jesus as the image of <coughs> God. One place the image of the invisible God. He shares a likeness with God. Well, we've seen what, what Jesus did in the past. We've seen who he is. One last verse, what he's going to do. Acts chapter 17. <coughs> and verses 30 and 31. Acts 17 verse 30 says the times of ignorance God overlooked but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he's fixed the day on the which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. And it's talking to us about the day of judgment. It tells us the day is coming. God's already chosen it. We don't know when it is, but God's already chosen it. When men and women will have to answer for their actions in this life. Uh, notice the way the judge is described. is the man who God has appointed. So it's not God. And we know who he is because God has raised him from the dead. Obviously, it's Jesus. So Jesus died and rose from the dead and one day is going to come back to judge us all and it's up to us to investigate this man our judge but also our saviour and there I finish we hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads 
videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk.